listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Jeff. I'm, uh, I'm excited for today's conversation. Great to be uh, here uh, recording another show with you. Yeah, and it, you know, it has been a little while. I had a bit of a vacation in the middle there. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, looking forward to that when we recorded the last episodes, and now we're uh, <laughs> yeah. post vacation, exactly. and uh, it's all—it's just different. I can uh, guarantee you, folks, that I am uh, not any sharper as a result of vacation. <laughs> uh, there has really been no improvement in my mental state whatsoever. You should expect the same lackluster performance today as every episode. <laughs> I think you're selling yourself short. <laughs> uh, it's important to uh, uh, not oversell. Yeah. For sure. But look, Jeff, today's guest, um, uh, well, look, I'm a little biased. He's a, been a friend of mine now for a number of years. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm long been impressed by uh, his thinking and his work. Um, but don't believe me, uh, I guess, because Seth Godin and everybody listening to this podcast knows Seth Godin. And Seth wrote um, for our guest uh, about his book, wrote, every business major takes a writing course, but that's not our future. Instead, everyone with something to say is going to need to say it on camera. And Vern Oakley's crash course is a great place to start. And that's a great endorsement, I think. It, it's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an honor I mean, to have Vern on the show. And it's it's the first time we were able to quote Seth Godin while introducing a guest. Yeah. I've made up. <laughs> I've lied. i made up a number of <laughs> Seth Godin quotes over the years. But this is the first real one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's introduce Vern properly. So Vern Oakley is the CEO and Chief Creative Officer of Tribe Pictures. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Vern. Excited to be here. And Carmen, you're definitely downplaying your uh, smart thinking and critical ability because I, I, I do love our conversations. Yeah, no, I save all of that for our conversation. You've only got so much wit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah you got to temper that. Man, you can't yeah. use that all up at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, look, Bruno, it is a, it's an honor to have you on the show. And I, um, I'm excited for today's conversation because. You know, really, I don't know anybody that knows video the way Vern knows video. And um, I, I, it's almost every aspect of marketing, particularly B2B manufacturing marketers, what do you hear time and again is they, they have this, this sneaking suspicion that they should be using video more. Um, don't really know how to approach it. Maybe but, don't even know why other yeah. than the fact that video is popular. And I'm just excited to have somebody on the show that can help kind of connect the dots for everyone today on exactly. how to maybe best bring that to life. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Vern, and uh, and what you do with video? Sure. Um, my company, Tribe Pictures, we're located in the New York metro area. Um, and this November will be 35 years in business. So it's been quite the journey between all the revolutions from film to video to streaming to nonlinear editing um, uh, to augmented reality to 3D. Um, so um, we, at the core of what we do is we are storytellers and we're trying to create an emotional connection with our clients' clients. 
we're helping them to better craft their stories, better express their brand in a way that has some heart and soul that is accurately reflecting their best selves and hopefully creating a trusting relationship with their customers or all their stakeholders, frankly. And you work primarily, Burn, with um, really with Fortune 500s, correct? We do, although we're starting to work more with the startups because that's a lot of fun. Um, but yes, the, our client roster over the last uh, three decades plus has really been, you know, the Fortune 100, Fortune 200. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Including a number of manufacturers, I believe you mentioned. Yes. I mean, we, we did uh, a lot of work for Stanley when they purchased Black & Decker and, and tried to create a cohesive story about why that uh, merger would work uh, and define the sort of, you know, the brand essence of this new entity. We also uh, have worked with BAS shooting all over the world. Um, and uh, we also worked with Hubble. Um, they manufacture a lot of electrical parts. And these are complicated stories to tell because it's not about a little piece of equipment or a widget or a drill. It's about something they're providing that no one else can provide. And just going back to the basics of branding, you got to differentiate yourself. There's a lot of different uh, companies out there that are selling something maybe similar to what you're selling. Well, no question. It's the manufacturing space is, you know, kind of just chock full with that, right? Yeah. Uh, with a, a, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of things that are very much to uh, manufacture to a certain spec mm -hmm. uh, where every competitive product is good enough. And yeah. uh, so I want to dive into that a little bit more, Vern. I mean, how do you, what do you see really as the role of video today? Well, it's, it's like Seth says, it's the future. It, it, and, and you just have to look at the utilization uh, of the internet and the pipelines, and it's because people are watching video. I mean, during the pandemic, Netflix had to, you know, skinny down. It, it's, uh, you know, in Europe, the, the use of um, the, the internet because there was just so much video being watched. And that's the way people prefer to get information now. I mean, so if I have a choice between reading a 50-page white paper and, and watching a three-minute video about the same subject, I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to do that first and then read the paper if I'm really interested. So, And the other thing that's really unique about video is, and not everybody uses it this way, I mean, 50% of the videos on YouTube are information-driven. And so people will watch a 10, 12-minute video about how to repair my lawnmower. But for marketers, the, the real exciting thing is that you can make this emotionally powerful connection with your viewers. And sort of riding above all of that is that when you're dealing with emotions, if you're telling the right story in the right way with master storytellers, it's going to build and deepen the trust for all those stakeholders, for your customers. Um, it's going to shorten the sales cycle. Um, companies that tell their story well frequently have a 10x value compared to companies that don't tour, tell their story well. And video is one of the best ways to tell that story. That's really interesting to think about because it's true. You know, really, you can't, and it doesn't matter how much personality comes across in a written piece. Yes, there, <laughs> it does. You know, there are those written pieces that do transcend. You know, they seem to be able to drive an emotional connection, but. 
I think everybody just kind of almost stepping back from it for a second would say, yeah, but it's probably objectively video can do that better. Yeah. Or, or at least easier maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I do think though that it, it, it points to the need for a higher level of consideration about video than a lot of people. Like, a lot of people just think like simply being in the medium is, is sufficient, but what you're talking about is really a, a higher level. And I think as marketers, you have to understand that higher level, but I don't want to, you know, throw any shade on that mid-level or that lower level where you're shooting something with your iPhone, because those all have different places in the marketing mix. And so if your sales reps going over to China and you're doing a pan shot of, you know, all the warehouses filled with your products, that's going to be impressive. Um, but a lot of the work that we're hired for is to really make that most important video that is sort of the brand video or the heart and soul of the company so that somebody gets a quick, you know, understanding of what you do and why you're different. And, uh, you know, so often that means bringing the C-suite onto camera, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, and, uh, I, I'd be curious, uh, I mean, I, I think that's a skill set that not every CEO kind of, you know, comes prepackaged with, is it? I mean, you, you know, <laughs> CEOs, they, they need to know a lot of things. They need to be pretty good at a lot of stuff. Yeah, but being on camera or understanding how to respond in mm. an interview isn't necessarily one of them. Yeah, well, like, Vern, what percentage of, of CEOs that you work with would you say are kind of just naturals on camera? You know, it's an age-driven thing, which I find is interesting. And of course, you know, um, you know, the younger generation's been sitting there with a, a, a phone and a small computer in their pocket since they've been growing up. So the younger CEOs usually are pretty good on, on camera. Some of the older ones may not be as comfortable, and you don't really know. It, 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 somebody, I mean, I saw this with a CEO we were working with, and oh my gosh, what an amazing public speaker. And then we got in front of a camera and he just froze up. So you don't really know, um, but percentage-wise, putting some numbers on it, I, I would say, you know, 10 to 15% are, are really good. You know, another 15 to 20% are okay acceptable and people will accept you on this journey as you get better and better as long as they see the purpose is you're trying to communicate to them and, and trying to build trust and the other half of them frankly are not very good and the biggest issue is not that they're not good people and not that they aren't trustworthy individuals is that they come off on camera as untrustworthy because we as humans have this little computer in our and in, in on our head which is going trust not trust trust not trust it's very primal and if you see somebody who's fidgety uncomfortable you don't trust them it's just it's you know you don't have it it's not an intellectual decision it's in your gut so you have to be careful about putting your ceo on camera if they're not going to come off trustworthy i think i mean that it is it's so true mm. and at the same time, I mean, what I have to think, like you, having worked with the the number of uh, C-suite folks that you have, what are some of the other things that that you see that you help with um, in terms of kind of bringing that level of trust and, and helping them better represent the brands? Yes, I guess. Yeah, is that something that can be overcome with yeah. with training? If if you're looking at it and they think this person just doesn't decode as trustworthy, can you? Is that can a hump you can that? get over? Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and, and since this is a private conversation and no one outside the marketing department is listening to it, 
I truly empathize with uh, you know these marketers who are having to put their CEOs on camera because it, it is a challenging task. And what I've observed over time is that CEOs frequently don't have the time. And, and it's sort of like, you know, th they've ridden to the top of a black diamond slope and they're thinking because I can do everything brilliantly, I can ski down Video Mountain, you know, flawlessly on my <laughs> first first you know trip, and and I won't fall and I won't break my leg, and that's you know, hey, that could be true. That could be true for that five to ten percent that I'm talking about, but for the rest of them, it's it's a little bit practice makes better. And how come nobody understands that? It's like I've been screaming that from the rooftops for years, and I believe it's because you know you know you. Know, video is so ubiquitous that it doesn't get the kind of respect because you think it's just easy and listen if you take a video of your kid biting your finger in the back seat and it gets you know a million plus views you think oh my gosh video is easy but to craft a story to put your ceo on camera to really make something that's important and powerful and engages and accrues to the brand and helps to build a culture takes a little more thought, a little more refinement, and a little more rehearsal. And it's a team sport. Video is a team sport. And that's why I like it. I like being on a team. Hmm. I just want to say I've actually skied with that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it didn't go great. Not great. <laughs> I'm just saying it's too, like, Bird, you mentioned about how, you know, in videos, you've seen lots of videos. So it's ubiquitous. So it doesn't get the respect that it deserves in some way. I often felt that when I was uh, in a more advertising-focused uh, agency in, in the former life, you know, it felt like, oh yeah, now everybody's got into everybody's thinks that they know television advertising because they watch TV ads all the time. <laughs> um, there was kind of a, a similar feeling, like yeah, us graphic designers thought the same way when PageMaker came out. Maybe, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and I, I also, thought, you know, it's just like this notion of. A CEO thinking that they can just do it because they're pretty good at everything else. And it also occurs to me, there's not a lot of CEOs of Fortune 100, Fortune 200 companies that got there because they doubt themselves. Fair. Like overconfidence. <laughs> yeah, overconfidence is probably a pretty key trait uh, in some instances. Um, so, uh, and then all of a sudden, slights camera action and they freeze up. Um, hmm. I got a couple tips for them. If that would help Please. would be awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. So one of the things when, you know, whoever's putting the CEO on camera to prepare and I, you know, one of my um, great clients, Charlie Mayer, who, um, who worked at, I guess they were a serial um, acquisition company and they, they grew from, you know, I think 500 million to, I think almost, 50 billion they just kept buying companies and buying companies the ceo he worked with respected him so there has to be the mutual respect and what charlie did on you know when we were doing he's he came up to me one day and he whispered in my ear i delivered him in a good mood <laughs> so uh, um that made my job so much easier so if you know your ceo well enough to know that they want the cup of coffee or they're good in the morning or they're good in the afternoon you want to deliver them in a good mood okay and then if you're working with a professional crew you want a professional crew that's used to putting high level people on camera because they create an atmosphere when the ceo walks on to that it's like fun i mean my favorite thing to say to a ceo coming in is like hey you're in charge 
I'm just here to facilitate you being great. And if you're uncomfortable and you don't like a take, stop. You can call cut anytime you want. Um, so I transfer my power somewhat to to them. Another thing is they're probably very good at saying these messages because they've they say them in sales meetings and they say them to you know customers and they say them to employees and but they need to say them shorter. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be succinct because people prefer a well-crafted story. So I'll, I'll, the job of the person that's prepping them is to help them understand that crafting crafted story with some key bullet points. Please don't give them a script. If you give them a script, we've seen this a lot of times, they'll try to memorize it. And as soon as you see somebody trying to deliver lines who is not a professional actor, that that's that trust thing we were talking about a few minutes ago. Mm. Um, and then also, um, you know, sort of in Zen Buddhism, you know, it's like nervousness is excitement without the breath. So please get these people to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I know that sounds, you know, very simplistic, but it's like, you know, they, they can have shallow breath. So, I mean, sometimes I'll just say, hey, close your eyes. Hey, I want you to take a deep breath and then also, one other tip is I say, listen, you need to talk to one person. Who, who, who do you know really, really well? Who do you like? Who will make you feel really good? Um, and imagine you're talking to that person. And, and those are a few tips that, you know, get you in the ballpark pretty quickly. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. It's really, really cool. I, I really, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm liking, I want to explore this kind of connection or uh, between this authenticity and trust. And I, I don't, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Vern, but it's something that's been kicking around in my mind the last week or two. Is this? It seems like there are some um, leaders who they get up in the morning or they come to work or whatever, and they know that the role that they need to play, like they put on that character and they play it. Um, and then there are other people who seem like they're just themselves. Like there's not a lot of difference between um, between them and I, and I kind of like between them in a personal context or at work or at different times and work like they're just they're, they're less playing a role. Um, and it seems to me that when you get somebody that's trying to play a role, i.e. memorize lines, et cetera, versus just being themselves, that's when you get a break between that. That, that trust starts to, you know, the trust meter starts to go off. And that doesn't seem like Yeah. But to add some context to this, we've just been through both a provincial and federal election in the last 30 days. Hmm. So uh, there's been a lot of opportunity to see Critique leaders. leader uh, yeah. trust and authenticity yeah. messaging, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense or do you think I'm half-baked? Well, you put some great words in my mouth, so I'm willing to accept all of them. <laughs> so... Yeah, I call it putting on the mask. So, you know, what people want to, to see from their leaders is they want them to take off the mask. 
and that is not an easy thing. And so, you know, in leadership and focus, bringing your best on camera, the book, I, I really talk about this being a journey. And this is not a journey of just being better on camera. This is a journey about being a more authentic, real, vulnerable, um, strong leader. Because the two kind of go together. And, you know, I came out of a theater background and worked for some incredible actors. Um, and they are some of the smartest people I know, smart as the CEOs that I'm dealing with, because they understand who they are and they understand what they're trying to accomplish and they have a through line for their characters. Um, and so that's different than being on camera. But on camera, authenticity is merely a perception. So you can teach yourself and you can become a good enough on camera authentic person um, that, that um, is really valuable. And, that, and most of the people that do that are really authentic in person. Um, so, um, and that you can just sort of see it. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was on a Skype call and her dog came into the room and she immediately grabbed the dog and started petting the dog and it's like, she was in the moment but there's that famous you know bbc thing where they're interviewing the guy and his little girl came in in her roller thing and he pretended she wasn't there and i'm going like what human being has their daughter come into you know a newscast and pretends that they're not there you're not human you got a mask on you're, you're trying to hold it together and and the biggest thing that most people going on camera don't realize and i've seen this over and over again is the power of editing meryl streep will do 20 takes on a on a film and then the director and the editor go back and pick the best moments of each take so um you know when we're doing business films you know we're, we're the friendlies we're, we're we're not you know you know one of these newscasters trying to got get you or gotcha um we're trying to make you look great so that trust you know works both ways we're trying to make you trustworthy and you have to trust us to do our job um and, and to know that we actually know when we got it so it seems like the path to good video is the same as getting your kids to do their homework properly and actually do it more than one time and not just take the first thing Right. Like, well, know, I don't have kids, pace. so I can't help here. I'm, I'm useless. I don't even remember homework. Now. Yeah, no, I have three teenagers. It's, <laughs> it's not getting any better. And how do you get them to do their homework properly? What, what's the path? Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think the thing with them is, is getting them to understand that they're not necessarily going to do their best work the very first attempt. You know, that things take practice. And, you know, that can be really hard with a CEO, you know, whose time is limited and who is obviously thinking of other things to uh, be willing to devote the time to say something five times to deliver it well, or to, you know, just try it out a few times rather than just say it and then get out of there and on to the next meeting. Well, here's one of the secrets about putting CEOs on camera that, that I, I can share because, because I talked about editing. So when you're interviewing your ceo or any of your senior executives and you want to get them on camera hopefully they're not going to be camera the whole time so what you need is you need this one moment where they are saying the right words they have the right intonation and they have the right body language and hopefully that trio of things is at least six to eight seconds long because the 
viewer will identify with those six to eight seconds and assume that that's the way the rest of it is. And then you take the, all the other takes and you cut those other takes into making the messaging perfect. And then ideally you want to get that killer quote at the end where the CEO is embracing the subject and says it well, says it succinctly, says it with the right intonation and the right body language. And if you just get a few of those moments peppered throughout your video and the rest of it has the right messages, auditorially you can cut the thing pretty close and people are going to love it. Hmm. That's the perception thing at work, really. Yes. You know, you're getting that first impression and it, it's a positive one and it sets a tone for the rest of everything else. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I think people uh, that have listened to this show for a while will have heard uh, uh, me say this, but um, in, uh, I, when I went to Parliament Hill uh, in 1997 to um, work as a chief of staff to a member of Parliament, we were in training. Um, uh, very early on, uh, trying to give us the lay of the land in the nation's capital. And a senator uh, came in and said, said uh, okay, uh, here's what you guys need to know. Perception is reality. Truth is negotiable. <laughs> and I always, you know, it's like, whoa, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure everybody wants their politicians or political staffers thinking that way, but it's, you know, it's uh, pretty accurate. I think it's accurate there. And it's probably accurate in video as well. I mean, like you say, you have the editor, you have the edit working for you. Well, I have to say that politicians grasp this idea of being on camera really early. And in the United States, it started with the Nixon and Kennedy debates. Because for the listeners who listened to that debate, um, Nixon won. So it was purely auditory. But the viewers saw Nixon as sort of being sweaty, fidgety, all these kinds of things we're talking about, which don't build trust. And Kennedy was charismatic, uh, spoke well, his body language is great. And by the way, he hired and was coached by Arthur Penn, the famous director who directed Bonnie and Clyde. So sometimes you do want uh, to bring in some help to kind of get you up to speed. <laughs> I love that because, uh, you know, everybody everybody can use a coach. It doesn't matter how good you are. And uh, that's a great example of it. And I, I think I just heard Tiger Woods has four or five coaches. Yeah, I mean, the sports analogies always get get pulled out in talking about this, and uh, and they're you know and appropriately so. It's uh, even I think, and it's more interesting to me to to hear that uh, you know JFK had yeah. <laughs> had, had a, a coach of that kind of caliber, yeah, and of that background, a bit of a bit of a different bent mm. for sure. And uh, I mean, if we want to talk about uh, Hollywood uh, politic crossover, I suppose we could go up to Reagan, but that's another conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> or even Trump, my God, you know, he, you know, reality TV star, I, you know, like, geez, you know, like he understood the camera. Actually, I talk about that in the book. I was talking about Al Franken, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump before he was elected and they understood the medium. You know, and, and there's, there's, there's not going to be anybody who doesn't understand the medium getting in, in, into high-level political office anymore. And that I believe it's part of the requirements moving forward for most of the companies in the world. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Boy, talk about uh, social culture informing business culture and communication, mm. and uh, you know, it, it really, it, it really is the case that things that happen globally, you know, end up um, informing marketing and and business approaches. Yeah, you know, no immediately question. thereafter. Yeah. yeah, we all steal from each other. We all it's a part of a you know, or the osmosis just happens. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I've really enjoyed this chat, Vern. I uh, I'm kind of curious as we're kind of coming uh, towards towards the end of the show. I guess um, what are some of the and, uh, look? There's lots of people out there making video, and I agree with you. We, we don't want to just uh, say it's about not using your iPhone. Um, what? Are, but so so rather than it being nearly that simplistic, I guess I'm curious. What are, what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making as they try to embrace the medium? I think some of the uh, mistakes that people make, you know, film is just so kinetic um, and, 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 and it affects us in so many ways that when you got pictures and sound moving along, it can be pretty entertaining. I like people to really take a, a, a different view because the the, the bigger videos, and this could even apply to the medium and small videos, you know, iPhone stuff, is like, does it move me? Does it affect me? Does it touch me in my gut and my heart? Um, because that's, I, I tend to think that information leads to understanding. I, I saw the lawnmower repair video. I know how to repair it. Okay. Emotions lead to actions like, oh my God, that car just looks so sexy. I want that version. I want my new Tesla S. So when you think about somebody actually participating, you know, with your company or buying your products, you know, some sort of emotional connection really is is helpful. And I'm not talking and listen, if you if you look at emotions, you know, film and TV commercials, you know, try to, you know, fear, excitement, laughter. But I mean, if you study emotions, there's, you know, 140 emotions. So being nuanced and understanding what you're trying to do and having somebody who can craft the right emotion for you with the film and video is so helpful. So I think people, you know, particularly in manufacturing, because there's lots of engineers are much more analytical. So a mistake that, you know, happens is they think that that is going to get them where they want to go. And you have to be more creative, more intuitive. I believe the creative economy is really here. It's part of what we see is, is moving us forward. So not truly understanding the power of emotions is, is a big mistake. And then I think not understanding that you, you need to have a partner if you're going on an enterprise that's bigger. You know? um, and that if you look at your marketing budget and you say, okay, well, my marketing budget is, you know, X, what percentage do you want to devote to video and what kinds of video? You know, I want to do some iPhone videos. Perfect. You want to do some social. Perfect. I want to make one big brand film. Well, that's going to take more money and time than that. So it's allocating the right resources. I mean, we have some clients who saved up for three years and said, I always wanted to tribe film. And that's very empowering, but it's also very, I mean, the stakes are high. We're like, Ooh, we have to deliver, you know? So it, it's, it's understanding to budget 
to pay the right price to get the right people in there. You know, you, you wouldn't design, you know, something without an architect and certain companies have the ability to be the architect of your video or your story. And certain companies have the ability to sort of be the builders and understanding that difference. Mm. It's interesting on that, um, that emotions versus the analytical front. I think it's a real challenge for a lot of manufacturers. They'll over, over communicate the detail. Mm. Um, and then I think there's a time and place for that. Yes. But it's, but it's probably not video. <laughs> and it strikes me that a lot of the advice that you're giving on that front isn't that dissimilar to what some of the, you know, advertising pros like Dave Trott would try to say, which is like make an emotional connection, have some fun with it. Or, But, yeah. but it's not about communicating uh, every little detail. And uh, yeah. I guess how much of a, the coaching, Vern, is about trying to get them to communicate less detail but more emotion? You know, in terms of the, the the coaching, you know, I can't come in and work with the CEO w without a partner who's not the CEO because the CEO is not going to give us the time. So we have to sort of craft that message and craft what we want to say prior to that, and we have to put it in the context. You know, in, in terms of uh, emotions, in terms of the company's best practices, what I see um, really works is you want to tie back into your purpose. So if you're not a purpose-driven company, it, it, you're kind of floundering out there because you can say anything you want. But if you're a purpose-driven company and you have strong values, bringing them front and center in the right kind of communications is crucial. And always having that purpose and values-driven lens on all your communications is crucial over a period of time because this doesn't happen with one video. I mean, you know... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it takes, you know, we all know brands are built over a period of time uh, and video is the strongest tool to build that brand. So you, you need that mix of different kinds of videos and you need to craft the story well. Got to have the strategic house in order before you uh, approach this stuff. Mm. Yeah, really. Absolutely. Mm. Well, Vern, it's been uh, fantastic to have you on the show today. Uh, lots of great tips and uh, um, really glad you were able to join us. Thank you. Been fun being here. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.